Welcome to the show, Handsome Dads. It is Jack's Tap, episode 20. My name's Jack. That's John. Hello. Hello, indeed. Um, We're back. It's February, February 1st. That sure seems like my segue into on this day, but I have one or two things to say real quick. Um, It's an eventful week. Not really going to cover these topics, uh, but uh, Kobe died incredibly sad um it's all i see on social media now it's incredibly uh sad didn't think i was going to be that sad about him but oh well uh didn't get into the second city thing i auditioned for but that's all right ended up getting into this thing at io that i auditioned for called team smell uh we're gonna have four performances tuesdays at 10 p.m that's the prime time slot That's when you know you're getting the good crowds who just love comedy. And, you know, so what if they're everybody that you know? They just love good comedy, and they'd be coming out at Tuesday at 10 p.m. anyway. It's just a coincidence. It's called Team Smell. I'm on it. Me and Tommy Delzanero, we're back. Uh, My former Bearskin Rug member, we are back and better than ever. We're going to be performing together. We're just two dudes. The rest of them are ladies. Fantastic opportunity for what? Some diversity. I bet we're still all white. We'll find out tomorrow when I meet with them for the first time. But we got some chicks in there. That's cool. Could lead to some prominent roles for us as the males of the group. I'm going to be playing dads nonstop. Every time I walk into a scene, they're going to be like, dad, you always do this. Oh, gosh, dad, get over here. I'm going to be playing a powerful dad structure who's lame and white over and over again. It's at Tuesdays, 10 p.m. I forget the exact dates. It's like March 7th, 24th, 31st. I don't remember. Now that I say it, that didn't sound right. There's one in April. Maybe maybe they start in February and the other one's in March. They're Tuesdays, 10 p.m. If you just show up at I.O. at that time, Tuesdays, you'll find me playing a dad with a cacophony, uh, a cavalcade, a whole concoction of ladies and my guy Tommy D with our coach Cosmo. Cosmo actually was in Tommy's conservatory as a fellow performer. Do I feel a little bit weird about being coached by a guy who was one level behind me in conservatory at Second City? Yes, I do. Is it not about the coach teaching us stuff now? Sure. Am I still going to be open to his different teachings? Sure. But is it more about getting in those reps of improv and just being seen by the community, including but not limited to, but probably will be people who know me? Sure. So Team Smell, Tuesdays, 10 p.m., got into that, and then it'll be over by March or April or May. Whenever those dates are, I forget. It's not May. It's not that late. Um, All right, February 1st, on this day, we have got, first of all, in 1884, the first volume of the Oxford English Dictionary was published, and I didn't do any research, but it says A through Ant, so in the first volume of the Oxford English Dictionary, they decided, let's not even get through all the A's. They were like, the letter A, first of all, let's go ahead and define that for everybody in case they don't know what's going on. And then ant seems like a good spot to to stop. In 1884, they didn't have much paper, uh, but they had a shit ton of words. And they all started with A, including all. They defined that, and it took a while. So pretty lazy job by the Oxford Dictionary. They didn't even finish the letter A. But hey, it's the first volume. 
It's only February 1st. They had until May to get to the deadline. They needed to hurry it up, but that's what you got. Wonder how many words were in there and what that meant. A through ant, probably not the words they defined, but that's what the bit is. Probably also uh, just the pure work that had to go into that just to print a single page. It's true. Did they even have typewriters then in 1884? No. No. It didn't say mm -hmm. it, so... They probably wrote it by Actually, hand, and it was one man, it, and he was like, you know what? I've got carpal tunnel. They What's that? Have. I don't know, because it starts with a C. Because I'm thinking of like the days where they would put all the letters into place, and then they'd do like stampings. Right. That should take forever. I feel like, yeah, they... I don't know. I feel like they might have had a typewriter. You heard it here first, guys. They might have had typewriters in 1884. And they might have had a dictionary that defined more words than just A through N. But that's what we think. In 1964, the Beatles' first number one hit was I Want to Hold Your Hand. It topped the Hot 100. It stayed number one for seven weeks before being replaced by She Loves You which is also a Beatles song where they say, she loves you, yeah, yeah, she loves you, I forget the other part, but it's like, yes, she does, or something like that. Uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand, very fun song. First Beatles number one hit. Reminds me of when my buddy Evan Rothstein serenaded his soon-to-be girlfriend in high school to ask her to prom. He just showed up into her high school class and did a very, very terrible rendition of Eight Days a Week. His voice cracked several times, but he was incredibly proud of it, and that's all that matters, and she said yes. Could he have done something less of a large gesture? And yes, of course he could have. But was it about the gesture that showed his true love and that he did, in fact, love her eight days a week? Yes, it was. It was very important to do that. And he had a video of it. He was incredibly proud I made sure to say, hey, great job. What a good performance, even though I was like, I could have hit that high C way better, but that's fine. In 2004, wardrobe malfunction alert. hey Janet Jackson's boobie was exposed during the halftime show of Super Bowl 32. Nope, 38. XXX. Yes, it was rated triple X because that boobie was out and it resulted in U.S. broadcasters adopting a stronger adherence to FCC censorship guidelines. Where was I when the booby came out? And also, it didn't say booby, it said breast, but we're going to call it, we're going to refer to it as booby for the rest of the episode. Uh, JT, Justin Timberlake, my man, uh, just decided to grab her uh, top and rip at it, and her boob came out. Booby. And where was I during all this? Well, I was a young whippersnapper, 2004, I must have been 10. I do recall being over, John, we were watching in the TV room at our house. We were hosting the Super Bowl party. Do you remember what family was over? Uh, I would have thought maybe the Simcox or Bingo, something. bingo, yeah. that's who saw the yeah. boobio. Though, and go ahead. If I remember correctly, she had like a pasty on of some sort. Or whatever, like covering the nip. the nipple. I don't recall. It's been a while since I. Since then, I've looked it up, you know, because I was curious. Because uh, at the time, I was over in the uh, by the table and getting more dips, and I just recall um, the people who were in the TV room just kind of gasping and being like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "What? What?" And I ran in, thinking like the game was happening again. And they wouldn't tell me what the hell was going on. So I was pretty pissed. Um, I think back then in 2004 it was before we had Rewind. Uh, not that they would have rewinded the uh, show to show their 10-year-old that uh, there was, in fact, a booby on TV. Also, in that Super Bowl, the Patriots beat the Panthers. And who was the Super Bowl MVP? Tom fucking Brady. And in 2015, also, the Super Bowl was won by the New England Patriots. They beat the Seattle Seahawks. Mal uh, not Malcolm. Yeah, no, Malcolm Butler intercepted the ball at the one because Pete Carroll didn't run Marshawn Lynch. Russell Wilson threw it there. Brandon Browner with a great pick play. And I think Tyler Lockett, who was going to run a slant. And Malcolm Butler 
fucking intercepted it. So New England still awesome. On this day and birthdays, none other than the one, the only, the great Rick James, bitch. Uh, really don't know much about Rick James other than the Dave Chappelle sketch. And so just real quick, out of respect for Chappelle and Rick James, we're going to play the classic. I'm Rick James, bitch. That's fun. Maybe one more time for good measure, seeing as it is two seconds. I'm Rick James, bitch. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so it's Rick James' birthday. He turns old today. That's right. We have a second one. Why don't we play it? The great Charlie Murphy is in this What is the five fingers? Say to the face. What? Slap. <laughs> Everybody. I'm Rick James, bitch. Everybody. King Kong ain't got shit on me. So that's based on an actual story uh, that Charlie Murphy told about Rick James. He says, what did the five singers say to the face? He says, what? And he slaps him across the face and just says, slap. And uh, that is Rick James, bitch. It is his birthday. Also, Harry Styles, kind of Justin Timberlake-like, started in a stupid boy band, One Direction, um, went a different direction and now does a solo. uh, And he's actually a pretty good artist. And he was born just months before me in 1994. So that's always fun to remember that there are people your age who are international sensations, millionaires, and uh, just living their dreams already and have been for quite a while. But do they have Jack's tap? No, they do not. And do they have this trophy? Smooth transition into this. We also have a photo of it on the computer if you wanted to show it, but... There's this. Oh, there's the bathroom in the background. Uh Uh-oh, you saw some of my apartment if you're watching on YouTube, which you should be. Uh, As always, Jack's Tap is on YouTube, is on Spotify, is on iTunes, and it's all from the RSS feed of SoundCloud. So the third annual district duel was last Saturday. Um, Right after we recorded this podcast, I went to... um, one of the gym teachers, Chris Toy's parents' house, where he has been hosting beer pong tournaments with his friends since 2009. They had friend ones, they had family ones, and then now they have work ones. And there's literal plaques. Like, they have two giant tables that are beer pong tables specifically in their basement. Uh, They have signatures all over the walls that uh, people who have come over and played beer pong there have um, written. Uh, They have plaques that commemorate the winners of the beer pong tournament every year. I will now be on that wall forever because uh, Chris Toy and I took home the championship. There were only 10 people, so five teams. Um, I hope that doesn't lessen the impressiveness for you because we did round robin twice we played every team twice we went eight and oh uh there were some trials and tribulations throughout in the second game first game we just absolutely dismantled our opponent wasn't even close the second game we got off to a really hot start and then they they trudged back don't call it a comeback they were all the way back we had one cup left they had one cup left Literally on my follow-through of the shot, I got long limbs. My finger hit our last cup, and it fell. It spilled. And the house rule of that was if they can then make that cup, we lose. Um, But then it more just counted as a made cup as opposed to a final, which gave us a chance to rebuttal. Chris Toy made that final cup. We went to overtime, and we beat him in overtime. And then, you know, that really changed the the path of the night because if you think about it instead of going 2 and 0 we could have gone 1 and 1 with a just a terrible loss gut wrenching um self-inflicted as well it could have caused a lot of conflict between me and Chris to start the night and instead it showed us our resilience it showed us that our our grit was you know greater than uh any any dumb mistake 
uh, made could that we could overcome it with our grit and our grind. And, you know, we won that. We went 2-0, and and then we just really got rolling. Not to say that there weren't tough games throughout. We had a couple overtime matches. We had some long, long uh, battles with the final cup sometimes. You know, we had cold stretches, but damn it if we didn't go undefeated. We were the number one seed out of five. And the playoffs happened. We got a bye week as there were, as everybody made the playoffs as there were five teams, which kind of made you think like, well, what was the fucking point of going eight? No, then. So, uh, but we go, we beat the first team that we play. If you're counting, we're now nine and zero. And then in the championship, it had to be best two out of three. You can't play all those games and then just have one game. And what did we do? We fucking won both of those. So 11 and zero were the 72 dolphins of the third district annual duel beer pong tournament champions at Chris Toy's parents' house in Niles. Uh, and yeah, I got this fun little trophy. Cost him 15 bucks, he said. Says the Toy Beer Pong Tournament's third district dual champion 2020. Got a little ping pong ball there. Got a little solo cup. It actually, it's not just, it's got a little bit of a thing right there. So at the end of the match, uh, when I finally won it, and I have taken the shot of the champions that they do every tournament apparently it's a long tradition there he had a lot of fun rituals that we did um bill shaft the other gym teacher put some beer in there for me and i drank it like it was the stanley cup and then quickly uh quickly washed it out and made sure there was no remnants as i was driving home and i didn't want to get a dumb dui because i had a beer pong cup uh trophy that had fucking beer in it uh that would be a bad way to go it was water pong throughout the night so i really only had two shots and like I think two beers but it was over the course of five hours because once again we played a fuck ton of beer pong and there was pita in catering so I had eaten a lot of rice falafel and chicken and that really uh that really helps helps you know soak up some of that some of that yeast so undefeated champion of the world uh are you able to pull up the signature? It's in the desktop. What I wrote on his ceiling. It's one of the three images that are there. So everybody writes something on his thing. Yep, that perfect. Fantastic. That's it. So I wrote Jack McWilliams, undefeated champion of the world. Are you going to be able to put it up? Fantastic. I'll still read it. Uh, I wrote Jack McWilliams, undefeated champion of the world. Check out my podcast, Jack's Tap, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Like, follow, and subscribe. Thanks. I'm not sure anyone else has written a message that long. Is it obnoxious of me to have done that? Perhaps. But at the same time, all of their walls and ceilings were completely covered with signatures. It was pretty clear that this room has just been dedicated now to the beer pong tournaments and, and and the like. So, you know, give a little plug for the pod. I was an undefeated champion. I will be forever. I forgot to put the date. Chris wants me to go back and put the date, so maybe I'll just show up and knock on their uh, door and say, hey, um, I'm here to finish what I started with that signature and uh, put the date on there so it lives forever along with a plaque and I got a trophy. So not only am I going to be in their basement forever, but I I had no idea I was going to get so much memorabilia. Now, I know what you're saying. Wow, Jack, you normally have incredible handwriting. That's only above average. Uh, That's only solid. Uh, It was on the ceiling, and although I am tall, it was still a little difficult to uh, get a proper... um, you know, calligraphy going on the ceiling. So cut me a break, you know, and I was hammered just so, oh boy, crazy, wild water pong is nuts. Uh, yeah. So just, uh, know that I'm a champion and I hope that changes how you think of me. All right. Um, at work this week, it was a toughie, uh, work's getting kind of tough. The kid, so I have three kids that I work with. Um, the kid who at the beginning of the year, who I kind of seemed was 
going to just be able to go on cruise control with and only worry about the other two is now the most difficult one. Uh, He has incredible anxiety and he breaks down at every single task that is put before him, even if that's just finding a pencil. Even when a pencil is on his desk, he loses his mind. Um, But this story is about uh, my main guy, Brady, who I've been with with a couple years. Um, It was pizza day on Thursday, his favorite day. And I was building it up the whole day because I was trying to give him something to look forward to um, as it was pizza day, as pizza is served on Thursdays every day for lunch, even when we went to school, John. They had that round pizza every day, or not every day, every Thursday. And it's delicious and there's no need to mess with it. So when I was uh, in school, we actually had this square pizza and it was so good. I actually do remember that. And it was made, I think, home style, which is why I think it was so good. Um, And then for whatever reason, I think it might have been fourth grade... They changed to that darn circle pizza. Right. And it was probably one of the most disappointing things of my elementary school career. Because um, I think that stuff just gets shipped to them frozen. Oh, yeah. And then they just heat it up where right. we would get that home style pizza made by um, the lunch ladies that just took so much pride in it. And uh, then it got destroyed. I do remember there being, maybe it wasn't square, but there was like some different pizza that happened every once in a while. And it was like clearly far and away better than the circle pizza. Um, maybe it wasn't the square one. For some reason, I'm thinking of like a, kind of like a this kind of thing. Oh, like uh, an oval where they put it almost sure. like on a, yeah, we had that sometimes, uh, but every Thursday Pretty right. much we would have the square pizza. Right. And the, then sometimes it would be like that garlic bread pizza. Right. You know. The point is, every Thursday, you have fucking pizza for lunch. And the kid loves fucking pizza. Okay? So what do they do instead? It was a fucking pizza bagel. It was a whole wheat bagel with just cheese and sauce melted on it. Uh, disappointing for me as well. It wasn't as good still had it because I'm not a, you know, a particular uh, Patrick. And when he saw that there were holes in the middle of this pizza because it was a half bagel, he started crying. He lost his mind. Luckily, I was there. Apparently, the last Thursday this happened was the day um, I auditioned for that thing on Second City, which I didn't get. But then I auditioned for a thing at IO Team Smell Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Be there. Uh but he like broke down and he wouldn't even eat anything and he was crying so much. So I still was able to handle it better because me and Brady were fucking, were fucking close. You know, he listens to me. I listen to him. But at the same time, I was pushing to make him try it because I was like, you haven't even taken a bite of it. It's still cheese sauce and some sort of base. You're going to enjoy it. Just take a bite of it. And he would ref- he was refusing. He was just trying to pick the cheese off the top. I'm like, as a, the adult responsible for you, I cannot allow you to just pick cheese off of a pizza bagel and call that your lunch. So either we're going upstairs and getting your lunch there or you're eating this fucking pizza bagel. Um, he just kept putting it up to his mouth, almost inside of it, but then he would back away and he's just like, nope, doesn't taste good. I'm like, you didn't try it. That's not how flavor works. You got to bite on it, chew it, let it sit there on the tongue where the taste buds lie, and then swallow it and see how it feels. I was literally saying if you want to take one bite and you don't like it, we're done. We'll go get your lunch, move on, but I guarantee you'll like it. Tried taking about five bites, same thing, put it in, didn't like it, but he didn't take a fucking bite, so how does he know? So I was like, all right, let's go. We go upstairs, we get his lunch, we come back down, and what does he choose to eat instead? A bagel. He had a bagel in his lunch, 
which he chose as the replacement to the pizza bagel because he doesn't like that the pizza bagel was a bagel and not pizza. So instead of having a pizza bagel, he had a bagel without the pizza part because he was upset that there was no pizza. I almost, it was the closest I've come to smacking a child in my life. I lost my mind. I went back to my, uh, and the problem was I couldn't even have his pizza bagel that he wouldn't eat because he kept fucking putting it in his mouth but not chewing on it. So I saw a pizza bagel that was still hot and ready, ready to go, but it had been inside his mouth without actually tasting it. So couldn't have it. Um, so I still just had what I had. Um, it was difficult uh, to swallow like a pizza bagel. Yeah, so looking back on it, that's incredibly humorous. Uh, that's funny, and uh, I enjoy the story. But at the time, wanted to smack a child. Did I? No. So I'm an adult, and I would have been fired. And I love that kid. And I, I feel bad for him for being so particular about his foods. But God damn it, just take a bite, try it. It's literally the thing that you're now eating, except you got cheese and sauce on it. It was pretty good. Wasn't as good as the pizza. Clearly not as good as John Squares. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I don't think I actually had those squares. It was just kind of like the, there was one that was just like a little longer. It was a circle, but longer. Oval? Some type of sphere? A cylinder? Cylindrical sphere? Yeah. Uh, though I do think you might have had it. Wait. Well, yeah, no, maybe. When... uh we would go there for, I think, I don't know, some sort of day that wasn't actually a school day. It was some event. And in the lunchroom, they would have food. I sure. believe they had pizza. But you would have been like three or four. Right. That so. goes to show how good that square pizza was. It really lives, uh, leaves a mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that's that story. Uh, apparent, and we were like voting... That's a weird thing they're doing at the school now. They're literally having the kids vote on like food and stuff and um, just being like, yes or no, pizza bagel, yes or no. And I don't think they understand it's in replacement of the normal pizza because all these kids were just like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll take this. I ate it. But would do you want it instead of that? They're not properly educated on the actual vote, kind of like America is today. So I put it both Brady's and my vote in the no column, but we were we just got fucking walloped. Way more people voted yes. So I think that's going to be an issue every last Thursday of the month now where apparently we got to have fucking pizza bagels instead of pizza. If you want to change it to something more healthy, don't have any form of pizza. Do something different. But guess what? Thursdays are for fucking pizza, so deal with it. You already give us incredibly unhealthy meals otherwise. It's not like that's the one that's crazy. You're just messing with tradition. Um, Quick follow-up on the pressure washer uh, videos, specifically the, what is it, the Limtech MX? Yep. Uh, The Mexican pressure washing uh, channel. So what I noticed was happening was in every single one of their videos they had that same message trabajo relazado con hibro lavadora de alta presión importante el uso de químicos especialados and you know i almost deciphered it perfectly last week just complete improv in the moment which is um incredible deciphering job uh but what i did was i went ahead and translated it online and saw what it specifically meant. It says, work done with high-pressure washer, period, important the use of specialized chemicals. Now, they probably mean important to use specialized chemicals, but yeah, that's what they're saying every time. Trabajo relazado con hidrolavadora de alta presión, importante el uso de químicos especialados. Work done with high-pressure washer, important to use specialized chemicals. So... Yeah, they put that on every single one. So in Mexico, they want those special chemicals. Um, John was saying in America, probably that is the least satisfying pressure. 
That is terrible. You could show it. That's fine. Any way you want to go. Oh, I was just thinking uh, that really gro- ground my own gears. Yeah, so I that was, was terrible. Like, no, thank you. He kind of was getting it with a small one, but then missed a line here or there. And then he was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go across. And then it kind of looked like because he did it that way, when he went back over those small lines, it was almost too small amount of dirt to get pressure washed off. And now that small line of dirt is just there. Um, that's not exactly how it would work, but well, it's what it looked like, he, and that's what it's more. Be. Well, basically, what he did is he went a little too high up and was going too fast. Yeah, and just gave us a very unsatisfying conclusion. Right, you can't have hashtags satisfy if you're botching the lines. Um, can you go up top? There's one where they used like a template. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one of the most recent ones where they left some of the dirt there and kind of created a pattern using this template, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But um, I feel like if you're just go all the way, all the way tip top and then down, maybe it's not them because part of my suggestions now it is uh, Instagram models. Uh, it is pressure wash videos and it is sad Kobe Bryant memes which one thing about the Kobe Bryant thing I'm not even going to get into the death it's very sad it's not funny um, so not really the point of this pod uh, really weird how people it's not surprising but they're like uh, using the death of Kobe Bryant to try and forward their Instagram channels and get more likes like Kobe Bryant had over 33,000 points and a guy was like, out of respect for Kobe Bryant, can we get 33,764 likes on this post? Like, let's do it for Kobe, guys. You know what? 33,764 comments as well because this is the kind of shit that shows respect to him now that he's died. Uh, I think his wife would probably really appreciate the gesture if on my random fucking NBA Instagram account you all liked it 33,000 times. Luckily he only had like 400 and I was like yeah go fuck yourself. Um, Also one it was like they played super sad music. They showed a photo of Kobe and his daughter Gianna who was also on the the helicopter and it was like wait quick, real quick did she uh-huh. die? Yeah, she died. Oh, man. Yeah, it was him, his 13-year-old daughter. They were traveling to one of her basketball games. Another head coach on the team, his wife and his daughter, and then other people on the team. And, like, so a bunch of, like, 13-year-olds died. Other parents, there was nine total people. One absurd thing about that event was, one, TMZ is the, are the people who broke the news. Um, TMZ should break no news. They put it out there before... Uh, Vanessa Bryant, his wife, could even even found out about it from the sheriff's department. So if she just happened to see on TMZ that her husband and daughter died as opposed to being told by the authorities, that's fucking insane to me. And also, there were so many false reports out about what, how many people died, who was on the helicopter, how it happened, all happening before the sheriff's department in Calabasas even said anything. And it's just really frustrating how nowadays that's just everybody has to be first instead of correct. First, it was like three people were on it, then four, then five. Then Rick Fox was also on the helicopter. And then there's like texts of Rick Fox being like, what the fuck? No, I'm here, not on the helicopter. Why would I have been going to a travel basketball game with Kobe and his daughter? Um, and there was one that was like all of Kobe's daughters were on it, which makes no fucking sense because they have a seven-month-old, which is incredibly tragic and sad, along with everything else. Um, so just Jesus Christ, this era of news is the worst. Um, probably not the worst, but it sucks. Um, don't remember my original gripe, but yeah. So, trabajo con hidralavadora, alta presión, químicos especialados. Nice. 
Let's transition beautifully into uh, a childhood classic, a childhood favorite. No, not the pizza at McKenzie. I'm talking Gunther, folks. Um, I've picked three songs that uh, my friends and I used to always watch. I think a lot at Sean Mitchell. Shout out to him. His house, we would watch intense rap videos. That was my introduction to that. We would play World of I would watch him play World of Warcraft. I wasn't into it at the time. And uh, we watched Gunther videos while making other contraptions like a potato gun launcher out of a uh, um, PVC pipe, whatever, and um, hot glue, and we played pool. Yeah, it was a dumb time. But this guy Gunther is a sex symbol, and it's uh, Gunther and the, um, what's the name of the girls? They're the Sunshine Girls or something like that? I have no idea. Click on one of the other two because I think it'll say maybe the other one. Maybe click oh, on the description. Yeah, the Sunshine Girls right yeah, here. Sure. So he's just got uh, some hot ladies who are also in his band. Um, and specifically in uh, Tutti Fruity Summer Love, there's a great little image we'll show you that my friends and I in seventh grade lost our minds at. But this is Gunther... Ding dong song, uh, parenthesis, you touch my tra la la. Oh, you touch my tra la la. My ding ding dong. Notice the great aspect ratio on this. Gunther Wonderful. spent all the money on the Sunshine Girls and none of it on getting that sweet HD. And there's his bare ass right off the top. He wakes up. He's got three hot chicks just laying in towels. He's so moist, and he's got a nice fucking mustache. Chicks are making out. My ding ding dong. Oh, is that Amelia Earhart? I don't know. Deep in the night, I am looking for some fun. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Just every time has to zoom right in, just mustaching down, show you how wet his fucking chin is, and jiggling boobies. Nice. It, it, I can't get over how, like, just moist his face is. Yeah, it's incredibly moist. And with the aspect ratio being as bad as it is, makes no sense that you can tell how moist it is. I do love this is very inclusive to everybody because he shows... A lot of fucking ass and dong, too. It's not just chicks' boobies. It is guys' cocks. And we'll go ahead and see in the next song, Tutti Fruity Summer Love. Much more of that, baby. Ooh, yeah. So that is a ding ding dong song. Parenthesis, the tra-la-la. This, you know what, actually, let's finish with this one. Let's do, um, yeah, Teeny Weeny String Bikini right now instead because Tutti Fruity Summer Love has a real nice surprise for you. Start off, hot chicks jogging terribly. Just hug each other, sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yep, there's those dudes. Those are incredibly hot chicks who cannot dance. Or he just picked very big... No, go back to that part where they move their heads. Oh, Oh my God, yes. Go back to him. They're so rigid in their movements. Good God, Gunther. Terrible. And they're just as bad at it. Get your fucking neck into it, guys. Nice. That's a dude right there. Go back to that, please. See, he's incredibly, incredibly inclusive. What year is this? Uh, 2009 when this is posted, but... It had to be before then, even. Had to have been. Yeah. 
Um, and he's just fucking, hey, whatever you like, it's in a teeny weeny string bikini and we can all dance horribly like white fathers to that. And if you like one or the other, well, guess what? No fucking choice, guy. Because you got it. And there's my bare fucking ass. Because you've got no choice but to look at dong. You've got no choice but to look at boobies. All right? Because it's... We're cutting in between. Here's some chicks dancing terribly. Here's some dudes dancing terribly. What do they have in common? You see their ass and everything. Um, there's, Here's a finale for you. Um... And specifically, we're going to try and catch this one moment at 3 minute and 14 seconds. And we can just watch a little bit first, but we'll make sure to catch that. Um, It's a fun, fun part there. Tutti Frutti, Summer Love. They're riding motorcycles to start. And that's a dude's ass holding on to just hot Swiss blonde men. And only white Hanes underwear, I can assume, on the back of these motorcycles. And guess what? Hold on, pause it real quick. The hot chicks are fucking driving the motorcycles, and they're in full leather regalia. Um, they've got the helmets on, and who's in the back, barely clothed? It's the white dudes. It's these Swiss heartthrobs. This is incredible for uh, gender equality. Kind of putting the shoe on the other foot. Hey. And then a random, random just dude in a Hawaiian shirt who doesn't look attractive. But guess what? He's he's like Santana. He'll bring it in. Oh, are we going to see something? Yeah, take those, take those boobies out. Why not? God, that guy's good. Hold on, play his part for a little bit here. Because he's going to say bananas, melonas, yeah. Bananas, melonas, yeah. So by bananas, he means penises. And melonas, he means boobs. I didn't even, that's great. Dudes, butts, I love it. I didn't even listen to this whole thing before this and it's just coming back to me. I remember the words. Hey, crazy summer night. Oh, way oh, oh, way oh. Hey, move your necks back and forth like you're lame. Oh, way oh, we have the same dance moves in every one of our songs. Let's can you start this part where they're jumping from the beginning just so we can catch all of it? And he likes it. Here we go. So just pause it real quick. Sorry. Thank you. So this is the prime example of Gunther saying, I don't care your gender identity. I don't care your sexual preference. You're going to look at every one of these bodies and you've got no choice. If you want the hot dudes, guess what? You're going to have to deal with not only some local produce being thrown in the air as well, but also some some chicks in there. Hate to break it to you, but that's what's happening, okay? It's hot dude in white hands, hot chick in white hands, and a a bouquet of bananas, and a big old watermelon. And hey, if you like like hot chicks, guess what? Here's some dong in your face, and a banana, a pack of bananas to represent it. But hey, here's a watermelon back. That means, oh, are we coming back with a chick? You bet your ass we are. But guess what? You're going to have to deal with some partial nudity here and perhaps some full nudity. Let's watch and find out. Just back and forth. They're doing fun flips and just gently tossing produce as well. One guy actually had the produce. There it is. Right there. We're going to watch that over and over again. It's like a Ken doll penis. Just, I love how he literally shoehorns it in. You've got to watch Jack's Tap on YouTube, guys. I continually have two views on it, and I know for sure that one of them is my parents. 
I don't know if that's an actual penis or if they Ken dolled it out because even back then they knew they couldn't post it on YouTube, but that is a man's penis right there, along with some bananas. Does he show any nipples from the women? No, because that's disrespectful, but he shows that man's penis. And he knows it's not quite okay because he's like, you know what, let's just make it real quick. That's Gunther for you. The dude doesn't care who you are. He will make love to you, and he's going to make everybody look at your genitals, specifically if you're a man. I've been wanting to watch those on this uh, on this show for a while. Um, glad we did it. Literally, my friends and I, yeah, it had to be earlier than this because I remember being in like middle school or junior high watching it and just losing our fucking minds. We were like, was that just a penis tossed in there? And even then on YouTube, it wasn't okay. And he like specifically, it's like, they're all pretty quick. Like one or two seconds each with a pair of produce along with it. But even that one, he's like, all right, that one's going to be like half a second. It's 2005. People aren't ready for penis on the screen for that long, but we're going to make them ready. So let's try and let's force it in there. Let's make it quick. Let's have the guy be jovial and let's kind of fade it out a little bit. Maybe that's why all his music videos have a terrible aspect ratio because clearly he's got the budget for bananas, Malonis and Kakaz, but he didn't spend it on the HD um, resolution which is a little upsetting um, with that penis being out there. That had to be fun for that guy because clearly they're jumping on a trampoline and then just jumping into frame. That had to be fun for that guy to be on set with Gunther. Um, How could you not be rock hard jumping on a trampoline on Gunther's set? How could you not? And then just to later on have it be kind of like faded out because they had to post it on YouTube. That's disappointing. But, yeah, that had to be some some banana flopping around there on that trampoline. Um, yeah. So that's Gunther. Um, some call him the Sharkula of Pop. That's just me. Um, so if you'd like to look him up, you got Tutti Fruity Summer Love, Teeny Weeny String Bikini, and um, the Ding Dong song, parenthesis, Tralala. All of them follow, I think, the same beat, essentially. They all have the part where they go, la, 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 la. Like, literally, that whole part, which is a very basic rhythm, but I think that was in every single one of the songs. They all do that. Once again, watch on YouTube. I was moving my neck. It was even more rhythmic and free-flowing than Gunther and the lady the, and the the sunshine girls themselves yeah all right what else do we got that sounded like a fart oh it's just a super bowl all right um so, so the super- also um uh, your hinge oh that's right or whatever it's called we did not discuss it all right another dating app grievance Went on a date with a girl Sunday uh, Sunday night. Had a fantastic opening with her on the dating app. Incredibly attractive blonde woman. Went to Wisconsin um, where I said she was like really pretty at the start. She said, thank you. Do you have like a joke about that? Because I'm a comedian. And... Uh, because she wasn't just asking me for like a joke and like saying make me laugh, but it was more like within the conversation. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I don't, but, and I just shot my, I took a shot and I said, I'm going to create a joke about each one of your photos about how pretty you are. Did it with each of the six photos, um, made a joke about like, you're so pretty that I don't remember. But it worked because she gave me like seven ha's in response and said, this is iconic. I'm going to do it to your photos. And she came back with a bunch of your so handsome ones and made jokes about it. Um, 
Like, you're so handsome, you feel confident to get on stage with a microphone. Not exactly funny, but she's calling me handsome. She's going along with the game that I did, and we're doing bits back and forth already. It's great. Um, we had a date planned for Sunday. She said, when I, like, texted her leading up to it when I was at lunch with mom, uh, she said, actually, I'm at my mom's can't do it. And I was like, well, that sucks, uh, but okay. And then she changed her mind, said, actually, we could do Sunday. We could do today at six. We did then at six. We had a fantastic time keeping each other laughing for like three hours. We closed Uncommon Ground in Wrigleyville, only had one drink each. Only time we took out the phones was when I showed her a couple photos of my cute kids, a couple of cute videos as well. And damn it, if that wasn't endearing to her or so I thought, Um, drove her home. Didn't get a kiss goodnight. That was sign number one. Maybe this isn't going to keep going somewhere. But she even suggested we go out again Tuesday night. What's that? Only one night of removal from the first date? Wow. Not even what I was going to propose. Felt a little bit too close to recommend that. But Tuesday night. Okay. I even I even didn't, you know, push for like texting on Monday because I knew we were both busy. Tuesday comes around. I was like, like, where do you like, what should we do? You want to grab drinks by you? I can drive out there. She said, actually works pretty, works pretty busy. This week isn't going to work. It's like, don't understand how that makes a whole week not work. We were going to meet Tuesday at eight. I was going to come out to you. Not really that difficult for you. All right. Not a good sign again. Went ahead and just left it. Didn't really push uh, too much. Later in the week, I said, uh, hey, how's Friday? Why don't we go see a show? Uh, she said, I'm going to Denver this weekend. The fact that she wasn't proposing new times and dates for a, a replacement uh, date, time to meet, not a good sign. But you know what? We had such a fantastic time on our date, and she still is responding, so I'm not getting ghosted. Clearly, there's interest. Let's ask again. Uh, you know, but okay, she's going to Denver, uh, went ahead and left it for another day or two, wasn't getting any responses and, uh, just put it out there. I was like, do you want to go out again? I put it with that kind of emphasis. She could tell of, do you want it? Do you want to go out again? That type of thing. Even though I just typed, do you want to go out again? And she responded later that day, you know, hinge actually isn't for me. I actually just deleted the app earlier today cool got nothing to fucking do with me and our date just spat on the mic that's why you have the thing on there um so i said i understand that hinges a lot i don't like it that much either but uh didn't we have a great time she says yes so much fun i said then what's the issue uh and she said you know i'm actually i just don't really have the time or energy for dates right now the fuck all right Bullshit answer right there to just protect my feelings. Clearly, there was something she wasn't interested in. That's the way I'm going to take it. But regardless, even if you're going to give that reason and say I don't want to go out on a date again, just say it so that I don't have to be the dude who keeps asking to go out on a date again just to be given answers like, oh, Tuesday doesn't work, Friday doesn't work, as opposed to this isn't going to work. So stop fucking texting me, even though we had a fantastic time and you made me laugh for two, three hours straight. Um, the anger is more from just the consistency of this behavior through the apps. I believe there's one other girl that I'm talking to right now from the app who seems like a good gal. We're going out on Thursday. If that one doesn't work, we're getting rid of them. We're going to go the old fashioned way. But even then, I have a feeling this generation is just very not clear in their communication. It's very frustrating. I understand because I gave her a ride home because I'm a fucking gentleman. Um, And I understand if you don't want to say to me when we're, you know, you're in my fucking car. You've only known me for three hours. I understand there's creepy guys out there. Maybe you don't want to say to my face, you know, this wasn't for me. I don't want to go on a date with you again. But thanks so much for the drink and a fun night of laughs. But even if you're not going to tell me 
face to face, which I would prefer, but I once again, I understand. You're the lady. It can feel a little weird to tell a guy no to his face. Just fucking text me like, hey, tonight was fun, but I'm not interested in going out again. No bullshit about I'm tired and I don't have energy for dates. Get the fuck out of here. We, what the hell? Um, So I am tired of the just like, it's like they're doing it for attention because why else would you want a guy to keep asking you out if you're just going to say no every time? Wouldn't it just be easier to reject him wholeheartedly as opposed to each time? Do they want to break down my heart and soul and my grit and my grind just slowly over time? God damn it. So that one, is what it is. One thing I have, it just in also my personal experience is, um, and it's happened at least four times uh the girl will be like explaining how she doesn't like how all the guys she's encountered with aren't just like straight straight down the arrow or whatever the saying is straightforward or whatever straightforward yeah what, what they want in their and uh but then it will be just like kind of what happened to you Right. Um, which now I just take as like, well, I mean, I'm really glad I found this out within a handful of dates, you know. Right. Rather than, well, it it would have crashed and burned anyways just because that's how they go about themselves. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like, wow, you... Uh, you're very aware what you want given to you, but you're very unself-aware of what you put out kind yeah. of thing. Not that everyone is like that, but you you tend to see it more than once, for and sure. I, and I feel like every time I'm straightforward with what I want, it like scares people off because it seems like people our age, or my age, I guess, uh, are so afraid of a guy saying what he wants. So even if they get what they want of being straightforward, as opposed to playing with them uh, and like their, you know, emotions are just not being straightforward and playing games. Uh, the moment you give them it, they're like, Oh, that's scary. I don't want to fucking. So whatever. Oh yeah. You've got a more uh, fun uh, gripe about dating apps. That's not about uh, that. Oh yeah. Uh, the whole, Oxford dictionary thing. Uh, Oxford comma. Yeah, but it made me think of the Oxford comma. Yes. And how probably about at, at least 20%, and I'm not sure if this is universal or if it's a girl thing. I don't really, I don't look at guys' profiles, but they will have, um, whether it's their on their likes lists or something they can't live without or just thrown in there for good measure, they will say how much they love the Oxford comma. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure some of them do it for fun. There are some people who take it very seriously. But all, no matter the reason, I'm just like, it. one, it's not that funny. And two, it is a strange thing. To take super serious. Chicks know? love the Oxford comma. They love grammar. I've seen also a lot of people that say like people who uh, know the correct, the correct usage of there, there, and there, or two and two. Or the yours. Right. Yep. Yeah. I have a fun message that I respond with where I use all of the different... Um, it's like, you're so right about the way they're using, uh, the, you know, and I like have all of them in a row and typically hits well. And they say that, oh, wow, really good, you know, really good job. They give me a round of applause. <laughs> I, uh, I do the same, but I do it all incorrectly. See, there you go. And it's, and, uh, uh, it's self-aware. Right. But I, yeah. And I do it purposely incorrectly, but honestly, I just, at that point, it's usually a profile where I'm like, okay, well, 
this isn't someone I would get along with, but they did swipe on me. Right. So I'm just going to have a little fun with it because I'm at a point with the dating apps where, you know, it's not, it's not jaded. It's more of like, I no longer hold like a hope in them. I more view them as like, I'm in a bar and you know, if someone walks up to me, it's just it's just a person walking up to me. It's not like I've found the person I'm going to marry or whatever. Right. So I just have fun with it. And if they take it super seriously, then I'm like, okay, well, this is definitely someone I can't, you know, date. If they laugh at it, okay, maybe we'll have a, we'll throw a few words at each other. But yeah. Yeah. And it's become a little fun to see people's reactions positive or negative right yeah i mean i'm at the point i would like a relationship that's me being straightforward and honest about it i'm not like telling the people just like in the first few messages like hey just so you know i want a relationship something serious i understand that's fucking weird to put out there but like just in general that's what i'm looking for and not that i like had my heart broken about this girl or i thought we were gonna get married but it is just so frustrating that so over and over again these people that say they had a good time and clearly did have a good time you can't really fake laughter for the whole night um then later on just completely swipe the rug out from under you by not being clear about it but just like kind of prodding you along so that's dating apps we've reached an hour real quick the super bowl is tomorrow it's the chiefs versus the 49ers this week has had no Super Bowl buzz, and that's because the the Super Bowl needs the Patriots. They need that villain. They need Tom Terrific. They need Bill Belichick in order for people to get kind of hyped about it and have a clear, uh, w- you know, team that they're rooting for. And it's obviously whoever's playing against the Patriots. You know, I have a feeling this is going to be a great game. I mean, it's two great teams. They're both very likable. I don't necessarily know who I'm rooting for. I don't know who's going to win. I'm going to make my official prediction. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes has a game-winning drive at the end. They're going to get off to that same slow start they have in the playoffs. But Patrick Mahomes is just going to start hitting some people for some big plays. And I think they're going to win. It'd be nice for Andy Reid to get a win. Uh, he's been a coach for a long time, probably a Hall of Fame coach, but he's never won the big one. Only other time he's been to the Super Bowl was when he played the Patriots in 04, 05, and lost to him. Um, great Andy Reid quote. He's a large individual with a mustache. Uh, he was saying that uh, in order to fit into, he wears these like those lame Hawaiian shirts, uh, anytime he's somewhere tropical, um, he said, I'm going to have to go on a diet in order to fit into my, my Miami clothes. And then they asked him, how did you celebrate the win and go into the Super Bowl? He said, I had a cheeseburger and I went to bed. That was pretty great. So apparently that's a diet for him. And number two, they asked him about how it feels to now have like his grandkids this time around, uh, have grandkids, uh, for the Super Bowl and have them be able to see him um, have the success and potentially see the special moment for him. Whereas in 04, I don't think he had the grandkids. He had kids, obviously. But he was like, well, you know, it's nice. It makes you feel young because, you know, they they keep you young and, you know, having fun. But it also makes you feel old because you have all these grandkids. And he says in that way, it's kind of like sweet and sour pork. So a nice special question Asked about his grandkids, he brought it back to a metaphor about sweet and sour pork, about him feeling old and young because of his beloved grandkids. Uh, John, your official prediction for the Super Bowl? Uh, it's Chiefs and 49ers. And I said Chiefs. Uh, I'm just going to go with 49ers because... Controversy. The person i watch on twitch predicted it that way cool and uh that's just the first thing that popped in my head so not a true prediction more just echoing hold john to it hold his feet to the fire the 49ers have a more complete team um they've got a better defense 
typically that does well. Maybe they'll win it. I probably won't even know who won till I come here to record the next one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Jack's Tap, episode 20. You're handsome, Dad. See you next time. Now you're gone. Realize my love for you was strong. And I miss you here. Now you're gone. I keep waiting here by the phone. With the pictures hanging on the wall. Is this the way it's meant to be? Only dreaming that you're missing me.